I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. So today we have Ashlyn and Ashlyn wrote us in with a topic that I think, I mean, it's near and dear to my heart because most of you know that I teach a lot of codependency courses, but based on what I'm reading, it sounds like you were in a relationship for a long time that, you know, you talk a lot about emotional safety, like you didn't feel emotionally safe, right? And you're realizing maybe through doing a lot of the, the kind of inner work recently that it stems back to childhood um, and just starting to question like how do I show up how do I how do I show up emotionally safe in a relationship when I don't know that I actually know what that feels like right or mm. looks like um, and so I, I'd love for you to take us a little bit deeper into what you've been exploring yeah it was really interesting because I've always had trouble sharing how I felt about things like speaking up on behalf of myself and early on in my marriage, I had started and, um, but it was always, no, you're fine. Or here's how we're going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Or the concerns were just totally brushed off. And eventually after over 20 years, you start to pull back. And yeah. I used to have conversations in my head. If I approached him with this problem, I could play out the whole conversation, knowing him mm-hmm. well enough, what he would say. So it's like, oh, I'm not even going to bother. And then even looking further back when I started doing the work, um, something my mom would always do was, you know, if there was a problem, she would say, you're fine. And I've even heard her say it to my children and she doesn't mean anything by it. Absolutely. 
Um, and I know that and I understand that. So there's no blame. But it just taught me that I always need to be fine. I can't come forward with those emotions and have someone say, wow, that must be really hard for you or that that sucks. And, you know, let's talk about it and work through it. It was either you're fine or here's what you do to fix it. And it's like, no, I just just listen to me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, since you did kind of start on this journey. Um, I know that this is obviously your ex-husband now. Have you um, dated at all or had any relationships, even if it's like deep friendships, where you've started to be able to actually put some of this stuff into practice that you've been learning or working on? I have had some really close friendships. And actually, um, one of my coworkers, who has become a really good friend, she's one of the most compassionate people I've ever met. And there was another friend of ours who talked about her mental health issues and this close friend of mine now is she was like, wow, that must be really, really hard to deal with. And just the compassion and humanity in her tone, Mm -hmm. it made me stop and think, oh my gosh, like other people do talk that way. So in watching her and the way she has dealt with people, you know, like I've been able to open up and talk to her, but also see that it's okay Mm-hmm. to show compassion and receive compassion. Yeah. It's been very interesting to witness. Yeah. I love that you asked that question that way, V. And I love Ashlyn that you, um, that you responded speaking about a friendship, because I do think that that is one of the most potent ways to start to reparent ourselves and sort of reprogram that wiring that tells us, you know, um, if I say the thing, it's not going to matter to someone else. I think certainly in my own life, V has been that type of like reparenting figure for me. And I think that we don't um, emphasize that enough. A lot of times that like really safe friendships can be where we start to like dig in into this work of like, no, someone actually can hold space for me in this way and start to teach ourselves that um, it's possible to be seen. Um, And, you know, when you first said your ex-husband used to say, no, you're fine. I was like, Ooh, that sounds like a parent. And then you Mm -hmm. circle back and spoke to it. And I do think it's something that, you know, we as parents almost can do like a tick sometimes and like not realize what we're doing um, because we just want to sort of like contain it and shut it down. And, um, and the thing that I think we start to do for ourselves a little bit is just this exercise of like, I am fine. And also, right. I am fine. And also there's some feelings here right? Yeah. There's some feelings that I am going to make space for myself to feel. Yeah. I love that. It's like, right. Cause I totally, I've, I've re-altered the way that I speak to my little one. Um, just, I'm so hyper aware of that. Like, you're okay. You're fine language. And I'm like so hyper. And so now I, same thing. I've heard my mom say it to my little one and I'm like, Ugh. and I'm like, okay, you know what? The occasional time that she hears it from her is not gonna, <laughs> but it, it is, it, it, it's such a way for us to just say like, everything's good. Everything's okay. And, you know, like you said earlier, not to blame. It's like so many people are just incapable of tolerating other people's discomfort. Mm. other people's not fineness, right? Because it, they can't handle it. And so part of it is also, um, you know, as we start to practice it with other people, remembering and realizing, and just maybe even learning for the first time that, oh, the you're fine, that's actually not about me. That's actually a hundred percent about them and their inability to be with my not fineness or their not fineness really. And I also think it becomes important to name like having emotions doesn't mean that we're not fine. Right. (laughs) 
Emotions are fine. They are welcome. They are good. We are humans. We are supposed to be feeling emotions. Um, and, and what is that? Like, what does fine even mean? But certainly, um, yeah, I am fine. And there are emotions that I need yeah, to feel. I can be both. Right. Yeah. And I've even noticed like with my children, I've tried to watch the way I talk to them when they confront me with a problem. So being aware of it and trying to hold space for them helps me think, okay, you know, I can also hold that space for myself. Mm. So it's going to be tricky as I move forward and, you know, start to develop maybe another romantic relationship to stay present and be able to open up and let someone see those messy emotions when, you know, I'm usually the one who's trying to contain, hold things together so they don't get messy, you know, that, that whole codependent thing. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to allow anyone to witness you be messy? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I have a couple close friends and family who have been with me on my uh, separation divorce journey. So, you know, call them crying on the phone mm. or, um, you know, the, the ranting when you get, you have your angry moments and, you know, yeah, like letting them see me fairly vulnerable. And you know the hurt that you sit in. Yeah. So you've done some workshopping of uh, <laughs> staying in that space of my not fine, um, or my fine and some feelings, <laughs> Danae. Um, and so, where are you with you know some of what you wrote us in about some of the the dating journey? What's come up around that? Um, I'm actually thinking that I want to start seeing how I react. So it'd be nice mm-hmm. to, to go on some dates mm-hmm. with someone and, you know, just no expectations, nothing further than a date necessarily, but just to interact with someone I don't know, see what comes up and even just to meet people you can be friends with if nothing more happens, so, but it's still really scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're coming out of COVID. I mean, this is definitely the reality too, right? People that have been on the singlehood journey during this very interesting time, for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, we can do all this learning and all this understanding of self, but then once it actually gets put out on the table and things get mirrored back to us and things get activated, then that's when that like level two kicks in, right? Where we start to be able to take what we've learned and then put it into practice and action, which is why I asked obviously around friendships because- like you said today, people don't realize that that can be one of the most healing places actually to, to really grow and learn and put some of this stuff into action. And with our children, I do believe that too, mm-hmm. you know, and I've heard you speak very much about how you're trying to turn your language around and turn the way that you, you parent around with your kids. And have you noticed at all, I guess, any um, difference in the relationships between you guys? I do. Um, with my oldest, actually, she is on her own mental health journey as well. Uh, she watches a lot of TikTok and she will call me out on some things. It's been interesting to have her. I swear she's more emotionally mature than I was at her age as a teenager. And I will still at times get defensive and, you know, maybe lose my cool, but I can now go to her after and be like, look, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have reacted that way. Mm. And with the little one, she who's, she's very emotionally volatile. So probably from when she was younger and me and my husband were both, you know, up and down emotionally with her own stuff. 
So I think that now that I'm more stable and showing up for her and holding space, it's helping to calm her down so that every little thing she does, um, she you know has a meltdown if she makes a little mistake or something doesn't go her way. We try to put it in perspective and you know, I try to help her see it's not the end of the world. It's okay to be disappointed, but let's, you know, find that middle ground of feelings and, mm-hmm. and go from there. Yeah. I love that you spoke to circling back and that, you know, I just, I feel like I have so many conversations with parents right now, as we are really attempting to do things differently, as we're attempting to show up for our kids in a a little bit more of a conscious way that we can just put so much pressure on ourselves to do it perfectly. And we are human and we will not. And so when I do it imperfectly, not if, when, um, how do I circle back and, you know, make that U-turn and say, you know what? could have said that differently. Here's what I wish I would have said. Right. And I think that there's so much, um, repair work that is done for our children internally. Um, it really speaks to them in the context of you matter enough for me to validate what that felt like for you. Um, even if I didn't do it perfectly the first time I see what, what I got wrong, or I see how I could have shown up a little bit differently than I did, you know? And it's always awkward for me too, because I never had a parent who would come to me later and say, oh, you know, like I reacted, I'm sorry. So it took me a long time to realize that is a normal thing to do. You should, you know, they're human to our children. They mm. deserve an apology. You you can go to them and say, you know, I screwed up, but you know, that shame we carry often holds us back and it's overcoming that inner shame to step forward and admit we did mess up to them. So then, and I'll do better next time as a parent. Yeah. I think that's such potent modeling for them as well, that we don't have to carry shame around our humanness, that we don't have to be perfect in order to be worthy of love. Um, That is what we're teaching them because when we sort of, you know, and I, I think it's like, we talk about it as quote normal now, but I don't think that that was what was normal for most of us growing up. We never heard an apology from our parents because that was sort of showing, um, you know, that I don't know what I'm doing or that I'm not in charge here. And it's, it's not that at all. You know, it is that you are just as human as I am. Your feelings and experiences around our relationship matter just as much as mine. Um, and you get to be imperfect too, because I am right. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to be perfect in order to be worthy of love. You get to be human. You get to fall short and you get to say, Oop, you know what? Could have done that differently. I'll try a little, a little bit harder next time. You know, Mm -hmm. Ashlyn, have you seen a difference or a change? I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm coming at this like very curiously. Um, but have you seen a difference or a change in the relationship with your mother since you've started kind of exploring the stuff and going deeper? Yes and no, um, because we don't live close to each other. We don't see each other very often. But when I am with her, I can pick out different things now and I can say, okay, that's her showing up the way she knows how to show up. It's okay. So I don't take things as personally mm-hmm. um, when she does have a moment when she's stressed out and you know slamming cupboard doors. I can feel that old tension mm-hmm. building up, and I want to jump up and you know do something to make it right. But I I've learned to sit back in that discomfort because it's not my issue. Mm. So it's it's been a learning process. I've only had to go through it a couple times, but I'm so aware of it now that I can only go like more aware from here and uh, get a little stronger that way. So I don't feel as much discomfort when she starts doing that. Mm, Yeah. 
I just want to name that a lot of times I speak to clients about what you're talking about as sort of being the witness of the experience with our parents. And this is something that as adult children of our parents, knowing that a lot of times there may not be a lot of change that our parents are willing to make at a certain point in their lives. Um, how do I stay with myself, tend to myself through what this activates within me when my parent is doing the thing that they've always done that was so painful to me throughout my life. Um, how do I stand back and sort of be the witness of the experience, noticing like, oh, okay, this is the dance. This is why maybe this parent plays things out this way, right? Like what might be true other than this is somehow about me or my lack of worthiness or whatever the story was that I told myself. Um, that is how we reparent ourselves in the moment, right? By by sort of standing back and, and watching versus um, getting in there with the dance that we've always done. Um, I love that. I yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of good. I have a, a big space of time usually between where I spend time with my parents because I can go back to my own little corner of the world and do my processing mm. and recalibrate. <laughs> exactly. And then when I see, am exposed to it again, I'm that much stronger and that much more ready for it so that it doesn't, you know, freak me out or bring me down or make me want to hop up and make everything okay. Yeah. Or if it does make you want to hop up and make everything okay, you just the witnessing of, oh, I'm, I'm wanting to hop up and make everything okay. Yeah. I feel like you're so good at like inviting the lack of perfection, right? Um, that, that we're going to like, we're going to have to keep practicing a lot of the stuff and we are going to do it imperfectly. And we can, knowing that gives our, us that ability to hold ourselves with grace in the moment. And I also find that we surprise ourselves, right? It's like, oh, I just, I just matrixed the hell out of my mother. Like I just totally moved in a different way than I would have before. And look at me go girl. You know, like I think we surprise ourselves and I do think Ashlyn that you will do that in your relational world in terms of romance as well. Um, I think you will surprise yourself with the extent to which you're able to stay with yourself, which you're able to have a different conversation with yourself when things come up as you meet people. So what are you doing to put yourself out there? I'm just kidding. So what are you doing? So what are you doing? Let's go. Yeah, even going into the experience, I'm totally different this time. Like there's a confidence I didn't have before. Before mm. it was almost like a desperation, I wanna say. Mm. And like, oh my gosh, will I find someone? Will I find someone? But now I'm looking at it more of a curiosity, um, no expectation. So when I go in and I talked to a guy, he was like, hey, are you 420 friendly? I'm like, Meh, yeah, but I have allergies. And it's like, but if you smoke, then we're probably not compatible. Yeah. And he's like, no, I don't think we're compatible anyway. I'm like, okay, whatever. And there was no worry about it. It was just mm. like, hey, I appreciate you being honest right off the bat and putting out your non-negotiables like right up front. It, it's probably one of the most honest conversations I've had. It was cool. Beautiful. Isn't that funny how honest conversations suddenly become refreshing versus <laughs> like, it's all about me and I'm a horrible person was how it used to be, right? Or like, I don't know, should I be 420 friendly? I guess I'm 420 friendly. I can be 420 friendly. Questioning you and yourself <laughs> and everything about yourself. Yeah. I love it. That's Personalizing it. I love that. So what are you doing? I mean, are you like, take us into your dating journey. Are you on apps? Are you just putting yourself out there kind of energetically, like all the things? Yeah, I've, um, so, you know, I've been asking the universe, I'm like, Hey, I'm ready. If you want to send some of my way, but I have been, um, on, uh, an app and, you know, just kind of scrolling through checking out what's 
going on. And hmm. the area where I live is a little smaller. So it's the pool's quite small, especially for someone who's a little eccentric like me. So <laughs> finding someone who will match will be a little more difficult, but I'm not in a rush either. You know, as much as I want to be like, hey, I want to go on a date. I want to try this. I want a new experience for myself. This has already been a new experience to show me I can show up authentically. I, at least on the surface, I can so far, you know, like when I approach them, I'm like, hey, how's it going? I don't feel weird being the first one to message Love it. Um, or throw things out there and ask questions about them. But I'm also aware of their responses and seeing, you know, how things play out. So it's been it's been an experience already to show me that I'm more confident than I used to be. And I can show up better. Mm. I'm just speaking my language, Ashlyn. I love it. Do you feel like, do you feel like there are any fears that are showing up? Anything that is feeling a little bit challenging as you navigate some of these waters? Probably it'll be stepping from, you know, when someone finally says, okay, let's go on a date. Mm. (laughs) I'll be like, okay oh shit now what <laughs> That's now well. I have to walk the walk. and you know single mom full time mm-hmm. um you know it's I don't have a lot of time it is tricky so you know is the other person going to understand will I feel too pressured to make the time and you know because I want it to, I don't want it to be forced you know I just mm-hmm. want to go out hang out but if I start feeling uncomfortable then maybe I'm not quite ready for that step and I can always step back and recalibrate or you know find the time and stick my feet in the water and go for it yeah I think especially as a single mom it can be very like oh I don't have time for this and I do think that how to say this there's something in owning ourselves as more than a mother and that I do need to like prioritize making some of this time for myself as a woman becomes really important right now. Right. So, um, yeah, I need to drop into who Ashlyn was before, not even actually before, because we're, we're forever changed when we become mothers, but, um, this new aspect of myself, right. That I am a mother and a woman, I'm a mother and I have, you know, these needs that I'm, I'm really exploring and excited to dive into. So how can I prioritize some of this, this time for myself as a woman? Right. And that's actually, that's great lessening for your kids too, right? Is to teach them that they are not one thing, that they mm-hmm. have multi facets and that each of them is worthy of attention and love and respect. And, um, you know, they don't lose themselves in relationships, right? Like all of these lessons that we can imagine they would, they would take from us saying, you know what? I know that you want me to stay with you tonight, but, but mommy actually is going to go out and I'm going to have some fun tonight. And I'm going to do this thing for myself. And, you know, you're going to stay with this babysitter or whatever. And I, I mean, I know yours are a little bit older, but I know that the cries of like mama, mama, when I'm trying to leave and you're like, Ugh, gutted. And this is good for everybody. Right. There's a lot of lessons in this for all of us. So. so I've been, I've actually started, um, going out to like a friend's house, you know, like every, maybe once a month or so. And the kids will come home and I'll be like, you know what, I'm going out. I will be only, I'll be up for a few hours. So I do feel guilty leaving them. I'm like, but I'm supposed to be home with them at the night and putting them to bed. And, but I remind myself that no, it's okay because it shows them when they're older mm-hmm. and they have kids, that it's okay to have you time. You can step away. So I try to keep that bigger picture in mind when my mom guilt kicks in when I am going out just to hang out with a friend. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, I think there's so much like when we're okay with whatever it is, they're okay. And I do think so much of the the mama guilt that kicks in, like they feel it energetically, you know, they're like, oh, is there something to be concerned? And even when they're older, right? Because they'll they'll test a little bit. They'll be like, wait, no, stay with me. Or wait, who is this guy? I don't want him around my mom, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the more that we can sort of like drop into the space of no, like this is actually important. This is important that I am this fully faceted version of me, um, then they see that and they're like, oh, okay, this is good. And like I've they, got this. Yeah. Got this. And they if you've follow got us. this and they feel right that they've got this, you know, mm-hmm. but if they, it's like, they're like dogs, they sense fear. <laughs> they can sense it when you're not sure. Right. And then they kind of glom onto that. So if you're like, no, I know this and I, I'm going to do this for me, then, then they'll feel more secure in that. Mm-hmm. I'm working towards Oh, I'm so excited for this journey for you. I feel yeah. like this is definitely gave me one of those where I'm like, okay, when you actually like, when it starts, cause it will, when it starts, when it starts raining, then <laughs> you are going to let us know so that we can find out all the, you know, all the goodies and you can dish about what's coming up for you and all the fun, emotional activation that comes with dating. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And just a small, because, you know, I wouldn't be me if I didn't jump in here with this, a little reframe on the languaging, you know, like there's abundance. The universe has the ability to bring us all the men. So I don't care where you live. Like there is an abundance of opportunities. Hey, I said great men. I'm all about abundance. Okay? <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm saying to Ashlyn, you know, because when you were talking about where you live, you said it's yeah, going to be hard. We don't want to put that out there. We want to sort of like stay in the space of the universe has the ability to bring me whatever I want, wherever I am. Like I could be smack dab in the middle of the desert and they'll find a way to bring a man to me that is my man. So if I believe that, that will be my experience. So I want you to just like play with that a little bit too. For sure. I'll go home and write it in my journal a hundred times. The universe, I mean, think of all the universe can do. It can find you with a man. Okay. It knows how to find you, Ashley. Amazing. Uh, I'm so grateful that you brought this to us. And like I said, I'm actually not kidding. I want to know, keep me posted, keep us posted, let us know, because we're going to bring you back on so we can start to dive into all that comes up. (laughs) So when you're actually activated, come talk to us about it and we'll dig in. I'll be messaging you. Oh my gosh, guys. (laughs) All right. Well, can you record this week? We're getting on. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Love it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ashlyn. Well, thank you. I feel like Ashlyn's in that space of like, you know, I've, I've done a lot of work and now it's just starting like, you know, what you say, like taking the work on tour where the rubber meets the road a little bit, like I'm ready. I'm ready to start Mm -hmm. doing the thing that I've been working towards being ready to do. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, we get ourselves into a space where we can, we pull internal and it's important. I mean, it's important work to like, take a beat, be alone, go inside, go internal, you know, explore, examine, learn, understand about ourselves. Um, And then once we have that language and that understanding, yeah, you kind of need to then, okay, next step, right? And and she's been doing the steps with her kids and she's been Mm -hmm. doing the steps with her um, friends and even a little bit with her mom and all of that is great. And now it seems like she's at this place where she's ready to start dipping her toe in the water of the romantic side of it. And then there's a whole other slew of activation that comes from that. And oh my gosh. She's got a whole other layer to peel back. Yeah, because I mean, as much as, you know, so much of this we can talk about and like really work, you know, work it out in theory and 
ain't no activation like a romance activation. Like, yes, our kids, our friendships are amazing places and the level of our attachment wounds getting activated and the vulnerability and fear and all of the stuff that gets stirred. It it really is not replicated in any other way I've found. And so, yeah, I think it's beautiful. Like it's all grist for the mill, as they say, like, let's get in here and start to stay with ourselves as it inevitably comes up, you know? And I think what's funny about that session is that I almost want to use that as a way to tell people that are listening, like if you're in therapy or if you're considering therapy, there are some sessions where it feels like I'm okay. I'm actually Mm -hmm. okay right now. And I'm more just like, I'm recounting or I'm, um, I'm summarizing or like maybe the therapist was reflecting back to you some of the work that you have done and some of the skills that you have gained Mm. and you're not actually activated in the moment working through something, you know, really emotional in the moment. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a bit of push and pull. It needs to be a little bit of expansion contraction. Like that's part of this work that we're doing. So, um, it felt like she was in that space. It felt like she was in the space of like, okay, let's all just the three of us hold the space of where have you come from? Where are you now? What have you learned? How is it showing up for you? Amazing. Okay. We've got your back. It's time. Like take that leap. Right. And and it just yeah. felt like that was what that was, that session was kind of reflecting. Yeah. Sometimes it's just literally affirming where you are yes. and what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. I hope that's what we gave her. <laughs> we were like, get out there, girl. I'm like she, she's got it. Yeah, you guys might hear more from her. We might we might drag her back on when she actually gets (laughs) out there because I I will be curious to see what's coming up, right? Like once you actually start to put it into into action. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.